Hi there, and welcome to the North County Beat. My name is Kelly Kyle, and I am your podcast host. Today is Friday, October 30th. A happy early Halloween to all of you. Today on the show, we are taking a step back from political analysis and election talk, and we're going to focus on you. And by that, I mean your mental health. More on that in a second, but first, some quick housekeeping. If you like what you've been hearing on this show, consider supporting the Coast News with a monthly donation. Any donation will help us maintain this high-quality local journalism that we are proud to share with the North County region. To donate, head to the podcast directory on thecoastnews.com and click support this show under your favorite podcast to pledge what you can. We appreciate your support. All right, so it is no secret that this year has been one of the most stressful in recent history for so many people. In fact, a recent survey from the American Psychological Association has shown that nearly 70% of American adults cite the upcoming presidential election to be a significant source of stress in their lives. Another APA survey that came out earlier this year showed stress levels increasing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, naturally. The numbers were even higher for parents with children under the age of 18. It's been a lot, to say the least. And those stressors don't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon since we'll still be dealing with the effects of COVID-19 and the election well into the near future. I promise I am not trying to stress you out with this information. That is not my intention. I actually want to take this episode to do just the opposite. This one is all about focusing on preserving our mental health and offering up some strategies for self-care, which I think we could all use right about now. To help me do this, I dialed up Eli Gangaram, a San Diego psychologist who works with kids, and a mom who's busy raising her four-year-old twins. We talked about why this year has been so darn stressful and ways to process all of this information and just exist as people without losing our cool. Here's that conversation. Can you describe just a little bit about your background in psychology? Yeah, so I um, have a master's in education from Ohio State, and then I continued on to pursue school psychology and got my education specialist degree there, Um, and then I came out to California and did my internship here and have been here since. And so your focus is uh, children or child psychology, right? Yeah, so I mainly work with children ages um, TK or grades TK through 12th. Okay, and what drew you to working with kids? I think I initially got in, you know, thinking I was going to go into education and be a teacher, and then I discovered this whole world of school psychology that I had not really um, heard about before because I wasn't, it wasn't very prominent growing up. Um, I didn't know anything about it in my school, Um, and so I just saw an opportunity to really work individually, one-on-one with kids, um, especially those that were in more need than the general population, so... That's what attracted me to that. And even though child psychology is your area of expertise, I mean, given your background, of course, you're well-versed in the problems that face adults as well. So I want to talk about that. 2020 has been uh, a lot. And we, you know, have this election coming up. We have a nationwide reckoning with racial justice, a global pandemic. Like, there's just a bunch going on. Um, And I, I want to know your perspective as a psychologist, like what is it about all of this that is just so particularly stressful here? I think that the triggers for all the things that you mentioned, um, and, and, 
how that affects people. I think people are triggered differently by all of those things. Um, but I do think that there, there's some common threads that go through those and fear is definitely, um, the biggest that, you know, from my perspective, especially working with children, um, and, and from my own experience, I think, you know, the fear of the unknown, we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic. Um, we don't have clarity on what's happening with the schools. Um, and, and we're not sure how long this is going to last. Um, yeah. this is so fear, um, lack of information. Um, I think all of those can be a big trigger for all of our anxiety levels. Yeah. And then with children who you work with frequently, what are some specific mental health pressures that they've been facing? Because it's definitely, I imagine, not easy to be a kid right now during all of this either. Yeah. And what we what we see with um, distance learning is, unfortunately, it, it's very taxing on the whole, you know, general population children, but then children with special needs or that already have social emotional concerns, behavioral concerns. Um, it's just so hard for them to adapt to these massive changes in their routine and their schedule and how they get support and how they are supported. Um, not to mention the family, family stress of, mm parents being out of work or having to homeschool and do a job. Um, it, it's just a total restructuring of what they're used to. Um, and, you know, we know that a change, change in routine can be very um, taxing on children uh, in normal circumstances. So mm -hmm. I think all of that combined, um, it, it, we're having a, a lot more anxiety and depression um, and grades are obviously impacted with that as well. Yeah, like it's nobody is spared by the stressors of the world right now, even kids. Yeah. Not at all. Even um, I, have, I actually have four-year-old twins, oh, um, wow. twin girls, and even they are impacted by it. Um, yeah. You know, they're having to learn how to wear a mask and deal with that, and they are back at school right now, um, but having to have a whole different relationship with their teachers and not being able to be cuddly and uh, affectionate yeah, with teachers, yeah. um, they're scared and they're more hesitant to go to school because of that, um, so it, it ranges in all ages. Right, and I mean, when we're talking about adults and maybe even like young adults, teenagers too here, um, I did want to talk about how we're processing current events and the news. And this is something that I've seen a lot in uh, a lot personally where there's this dissonance between wanting to be informed about what's going on in the world, whether it's regarding, you know, race relations, COVID, uh, the elections, policy, all of this. But also you don't want to get too stressed out or heated by what you see or read, which I, I do think people can tend to have emotional responses to these things. So mm -hmm. is there a way to stay informed and preserve mental health? Like, is that even possible? Or, I mean, like, are there specific things we can do to help with that? Yeah, I mean, it might not be uh, our ideal level of mental health. Um, yeah. But I do think that there are some tactics to be um, employed for sure and that can be beneficial. Um, I know from a personal perspective, uh, initially, I had the news on 24 yeah. seven um, and it got to a point where it, it was just all encompassing. And, and anytime you went to the grocery store, you're surrounded by it. And then at home it's on the news and you're surrounded by it. And so 
it got too much, you know, mm-hmm. and I think there was a time there where I had to pull back and um, kind of narrow down that um, in for of information. Um, and so I, little things like adjusting, um, not having the TV on all the time, but maybe setting your news app to give you just the highlight important yeah. information. Um, and, and so you're still getting it, you're still informed, um, but it's not overtaking all elements of your life. Yeah, because I, I think it is hard sometimes. You do want, I, I mean, as Americans, as voters, as citizens, we want to be informed about what's going on. But if it's starting to take a toll on our personalities and our emotions, then it might be time to make a couple adjustments. Yeah, and I have friends that that are still, you know, 24-7 in it, and that works for them. Okay. Um, and I have other friends that have kind of had to take a, a step back for a week or two and just kind of reevaluate. Um, when my family and I have been able to go on, like, little mini getaways um, to cabins, you know, that are socially distanced and, and yeah. secluded, um, we've kind of done that, and you know. Yeah, unplugged for a little bit. Yeah, just for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, and then when we're back in reality, that kind of has to be adjusted a little bit as well. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, leads into my next question pretty well here, yeah. where if we do read a news story or maybe you see a Facebook comment, because that's a big part of this, right, social media, the social media scape, um, and you see these things and, and they're emotionally or politically triggering for you, what is the healthiest way for people to process that? Like, are you, you know, are we supposed to blast it all over Facebook, which we sometimes see? Do you do you fight back? Uh, or maybe you close the browser and you take a breath and you move on. Like, if you see these emotionally or politically triggering things, how can you process? Yeah, um, you know, I think that the first step there would just be to to kind of think and evaluate, how is this going to help me? How is this going to impact um, the situation? Is it going to have a better outcome if I fight back on social media or is mm-hmm. there, uh, you know, is, is there an option that, that might have a better out, outcome where both parties can learn something? Um, I know for me personally, um, mm-hmm. my family has, some people in my family have very different, um, <laughs> political views than myself. So, okay. um, it is a hot topic and it can get heated. Um, one thing that my family and I have specifically um, tried to promise each other is to just share facts. Okay. Um, so, you know, trying to eliminate the opinions and the memes and things that are kind of designed to get these big reactions out of people, um, you know, and just and just stick to facts. And, and, and we respect that. You know, I, I want to hear other people's sides of things, but we can keep it less heated if we just stick to you know sharing papers and articles and not yeah. and not sharing heated um yeah you know, memes like going right to the source uh rather than maybe like an article or, or even a meme you know that's a little bit biased or leaning in one direction you're saying here's a factual paper on this thing that I was talking to you about or right yeah, from the source like let's share some research <laughs> yeah know? no that makes a lot of sense and um again going off of that when you're conversing with people and approaching conversations that might pop up with friends and family about these difficult topics um, especially when people don't agree is it possible to change somebody's mind should that be the goal or should the goal be to just have the conversation and then just kind of accept each other at the end of the day so how would you uh, yeah. recommend that like people approach those things 
Yeah, I think it's important for everyone to evaluate, like, what their limits are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are things that, you know, my family is my family. They're going to be my family. Um, so we have different views on politics, and, and we can work through that. There are topics like race and racism that are kind of a hard line for me. I'm actually um, in a interracial marriage, and my children are biracial. So, um that's not something that I feel like we can move past too far. I think that we can coexist with a coworker or something like that. Um, But if, if it's going to impact um, the successfulness of our relationship and, and, and it's going to be unhealthy, then I think that that's something that people kind of have to reflect on and, and say, you know, is this worth fighting this battle or can I just share my perspective and the information that I have and move on and not continue to have to fight against um, an injustice that, you know, isn't going to be mutually beneficial in the long run for, for those two people. That's interesting when you said kind of evaluating boundaries as well. So it's like deciding what things you are going to maybe work a little harder on when when it comes to people that might disagree with you in your circles. And then maybe there are some things where you say, okay, this is where we're at and that is how it is. But it's like maybe it's a mutual conversation or a mutual understanding of where you fall on that and what the boundaries are surrounding a particular issue. Yeah, and, and it's different if you're talking about family or if you're talking about friends. Mm, um, yeah. And obviously, these race, these issues are so different depending on what perspective yeah. you're taking. Um, so it might not be that easy for um, my husband to um, navigate some of these situations as a minority. Um, you know, he, he tends to be less willing to, to dive into these, um, conversations because it is so personal to him. Um, and, and that's his route. And there's obviously other people that, um, feel a very deep sense of responsibility to do that. Um, but, but it all comes down to what, what are your boundaries and what is healthy for you? Um, and if it's going to be detrimental to your mental health, um, you know, you, you need to, you need to take that into consideration. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there really is no one-size-fits-all to accommodating disagreement, but it, it is it is almost like a case-by-case where you decide what are your boundaries, how are you going to react to this, and how are you going to tease it out with your relationships, whether it's family, that might look different than if it's with a friend or something, but it, it is up to the individual to kind of like decide what they want to take on and, and handle in a way. Yeah, and just kind of being really self-reflective of what your limitations are, what your boundaries need to be with others, and when it comes to these hot topics. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear more from Eli Gangaram on how to handle the things that stress us out in a healthy way. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ryan Wolt, host of the Roast West Coast podcast. Ever wonder what a flat white was? Or if the ratio of coffee beans to water matters? How about the difference between washed and unwashed coffee beans? If so, be sure to subscribe to the Roast West Coast podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We can learn all about coffee and explore the origin stories of some of the best coffee roasters in North County, San Diego together. Details and links to your favorite podcast platforms available now at onewildlifeco.com backslash podcasts. Welcome back. Before the break, psychologist Eli Gangaram shared with us how to have political conversations with family and friends without totally losing control. 
Now she's going to share some techniques and strategies to de-stress when the stakes are high. That leads into the biggest thing that I wanted to ask you about today, which was what we can do to create a balance. Because talking about having space for reflection and thinking like, that isn't, it, it's easier said than done, you know, like we all want to be able to introspect and do all of these things, but sometimes you just get so wrapped up that it's very difficult to be intentional about it. So what can we do to create a balance? What adjustments can we make to our routines to just maintain mental health and create this space to de-stress, reflect, and all of these fun things that will probably make us feel a lot better? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it, 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 comes back to being aware um, and and focusing on how these how you're impacted by the news how you're impacted by these conversations how you're impacted by um, politics or racial equality and 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 knowing that what's gonna what's gonna trigger you into you know a spike in your anxiety or depression or whatever it may be and 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 prepping for those things. So be having a plan, having, you know, I know that mornings are super stressful for me because I'm yeah. thinking about da, 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 da. So I'm going to wake up 20 minutes early and go for a walk around the neighborhood to kind of vent and clear my mind and, and start out the day good. Or is it nighttime where you're feeling overwhelmed by everything that has been going on around you all day and you've been in a mask all day and whatever it may be. Um, so at nighttime, I'm going to make sure to take a hot bath and do some meditation or some yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everyone responds differently. Um, I think with, with the, mainly the kids that I work with right now, art and music are really helpful. Yeah. They seem to be coming up as, as ways to cope. Um, I think for adults exercise, obviously exercise for everybody is important, but getting out, walking, um, getting outside when you can, you know, it's, it's personal. It's hard to find that balance and mm. every day is not going to be balanced, but every day is another opportunity to find that balance. So, um, just because we're having an off day today and things were chaotic and it didn't, um, end well, you know, the day was too stressful. Um, it's just a good reminder to, to try to be proactive about that tomorrow. Yeah, and figuring out things that make you feel good for your own self-care, it sounds like. So if that's going outside for somebody, then that's what they do. Or maybe it's just like cozying up with a good book or taking a bath or whatever it is. Like it sounds like you just need to be intentional about making time for yourself and those activities. Yeah, and it's easier, you know, being in Southern California. Yeah. Other parts of the country are not as lucky right now. Um but, you know, I, I've even had friends that are in um, living in a big city in the Midwest and they had to they had to move because they mm -hmm. just couldn't imagine putting their kids through another winter of isolation and no playgrounds and yada, yada, yada. So they are renting temporarily back in their hometown where their parents mm -hmm. are and they have support and resources. Um, so they, they've made a plan um, yeah. for what works for them. And so I think taking the time to really make a plan of day-to-day um, -day what's going to work and what's going to help, but also looking into the future because the truth is we don't really know how long things are going to be like this. And to recap on that, it, it sounds like, I mean, when you're feeling really stressed from the events of this year, you just kind of, maybe it helps you to tune out, not necessarily tune out the news entirely, but adjust your media schedule to something that 
makes you feel better. And if you can have it on all the time and that's okay for you, then that's great. But if you can't, maybe it's scaling it back or changing part of your consumption routine. Um, And then in the meantime, figuring out what works for you to de-stress, whether that's throwing on your favorite podcast, um, like My Favorite Murder or something, or or like listening to your favorite song, uh, taking an exercise class, like whatever it is, you can make these small adjustments to your routine to just keep your mental health going. Yeah, and you know, all of the, you know, so many things are not available to families right now because they are working full time from home and educating children and, you know, but, but there's a way to find something that is relieving um, and that's something that can fit into your schedule. Um, So it might just be, focusing on a family dinner or, um, or you, you know, doing something independently on your own and getting a break from being around people all the time in a small space. You got to find what works for you. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's, it's good to hear these things from like somebody with this psychology background as well. I think that's a big conversation right now is self care and all of these things, which is great. But then it's good to hear that like scientifically, this is good for you. Like this is going to help you. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're in touch with that and kind of try to monitor that and, and be aware of what helps you and what doesn't help you, um, because so many times people really don't stop to think, um, oh, today was a good day. Why was today a good day? Um, mm-hmm. and, and then it passes by and you forget what really helps you. So really just trying to be self-aware of the things that seem to make a positive impact. All right. Well, this has been awesome. That is all that I have for you today. But uh, do you have any last words before we wrap up? I feel like there's a lot of pressure to, you know, on everyone right now to to make it work, to to get through this. Um, and as a country, we are so divided right now. And it's taxing. It's hard. And and I think that people need to give themselves some grace and and allow a mental health day here and there and allow a break and, and give yourself some time, um, you know, I know in the beginning I had so much pressure as a working mom to homeschool and to get all of this. I felt like I needed to check every box. And and, and in reality, I didn't, you know, Um, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's okay to call in a pizza delivery and, (laughs) um, you know, like give yourself slack where you need it is I guess is the main takeaway. And that is all we have for you this week on the North County Beat. Remember, if you've been feeling more stressed than usual, you are not alone. Try implementing some of these self-care strategies into your routine and just keep swimming. You got this. A couple of words on the way out today. Remember, if you want to support the Coast News podcast efforts with a monthly donation, you can head to our podcast directory at thecoastnews.com and select support this show under your favorite podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the North County Beat on your favorite podcast app, And while you're at it, leave us a review to share the love. Huge shout out today to Ryan Wolt, our podcast manager. The Coast News Editor-in-Chief is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd, and our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm your host, Kelly Kyle. Now here's something spooky to send you off with. Our next episode is Friday the 13th, that is in November. Have a fun and safe Halloween, however you choose to spend it. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you next time.